protecting your assets for the next generation. You're listening to The Strong Room, a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Welcome to The Strong Room. I'm Peter Watts. The Budget Implementation Act is working its way through Parliament this week, and that's what we'll focus on today. The Minister of Finance, Bill Morneau, was in Calgary on Wednesday, and he's fielding lots of questions on the topic of passive investment in private Canadian-controlled corporations. Canadians who have used the existing framework of rules to build up assets in these corporations, in some cases in preparation for retirement, are outraged that their planning may be trumped by changes in the rules. That has been the focus of the Coalition for Small Business Tax Fairness. Dan Kelly, president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, is part of that coalition and joins us today to talk about the points being addressed with the Department of Finance. Has anything changed on the treatment of passive investment income since the federal budget was introduced in February? Nothing since the budget. Of course, there have been several rounds of changes from the July plan, July 2017 plan, uh, where the federal government talked about a, just an absolutely ridiculous approach to passive investments. They changed that once in October, and then they completely changed that in in uh, in the budget. But uh, sadly, neither of those reforms have gone the full distance. Both have softened it a little bit, but, uh, but there still are huge numbers of business owners that are pretty freaked out about what's going to happen on the passive income front. Will passive investments, which are currently housed in private Canadian corporations, be grandfathered? No, effectively they won't. Uh, and this is the big, the big change. They, the federal government, to its credit, made a major change in the budget, the budget 2018, uh, which is right now winding its way through the House of Commons and Senate. The, the change to that was that rather than pa- taxing the passive investment at a higher amount, they would actually start to tax the business corporation itself, the, the active business income, at a higher rate if a business has above $150,000 in passive investment income per year and they'd start to eliminate the access to the small business, lower rate of taxation on small business at, at only $50,000 in passive investment income per year. So while it's true that the passive investments themselves are not going to be taxed at any higher amount, which may accomplish the technical definition of grandfathering, uh, effectively, the mere existence of past investments will mean that you will be taxed, if you're a corporation, at the large corporate level, not at the small business level, therefore paying tons uh, of additional dollars in taxes every year. A member of ours in Newfoundland and Labrador, after going through this with a tax professional, estimated that he's going to pay 80 grand a year more in taxes for his small business. I take it the government hasn't been impressed by arguments that people uh, who have planned their future so as to be able to use funds in their private corporations for things like retirement planning in the absence of other options. Uh, These people um, are, are out of luck, apparently. 
Yeah, and you know, just think about that. I mean, the pa- retirement income is only one of the uses of passive investment income. Uh, but on that front alone, can you imagine the howls from uh, from civil servants if we basically said, "Sorry, we're going <laughs> to we're going to effectively tax you in retirement at a much higher rate than you expected uh, as you're, you know, on the verge of retiring right now where you're not able to make any major changes along the way." Uh, I, I think that the Canadians would be rightly outraged if that were to happen. And and that's essentially what is happening for Canadian private corporations. These passive investment incomes are going to dictate the, uh, a significantly higher tax burden on the business corporation itself for every year that it continues. Uh, that's just not fair. That certainly doesn't pass anyone's definition from my perspective of, of tax fairness. The coalition has made a number of recommendations, uh, including not proceeding with proposed passive investment rules at all. Um, Can you comment on what you've proposed uh, in discussions with the Department of Finance and how those uh, ideas have been received? Sure. Well, our first, uh, our first and, and most favorite recommendation is to just drop the whole point as you as you raised. Uh, we believe that this this whole thing needs to be rethought uh, before any and any changes are made to the legislation. Uh, I don't sense the government is going to be going uh, taking our advice on that front. They've campaigned on this and they have uh, moved forward with this and made changes to it a couple of times. So what we are suggesting now is that the government actually try to do what they promised to do, and that is to ensure that those that have made previous decisions based on the tax rules that existed at the time, that they are not going to be affected by these passive investment uh, rules changes going forward. Uh, We're working on that right now. We're trying, you know, that certainly has been uh, viewed as fair by many parliamentarians that we've been meeting with on on all sides, Liberal, Tory, and NDP. Uh, Many senators have been coming to our aid. In fact, they have made this very this, this similar recommendations in a, in a Senate Finance Committee report uh, that was released late last year. Uh, we've also suggested, though, that that uh, if they're going to go ahead and, and make some of these changes, that they slow down the grind of the small business rate. So instead, essentially uh, allow firms not to have to lose the benefit of the small business rate at such a low level of passive investment income, raising the bars on that front to allow more, more firms to continue to benefit from this. We have to remember why the small business rate exists in the first place. The whole principle behind this was that allowing a corporation to hang on to more of its own retained earnings allows it to invest and to grow for the future. Uh, the, the example I spoke of from Newfoundland and Labrador, he said that he uses passive investment income uh, because he owns a few quick service restaurants. And every in, in his situation, he has to go through a renovation every five years and a major renovation every 10 years. So he sets aside investment income in the corporation to pay for those things and now is being punished as a result of that with higher taxes, 80 grand a year in higher taxes a year. Uh, and, and, and that's going to take the wind out of his sail, certainly. Uh, Is there any chance that the government might raise the threshold where passive investment income begins to affect the firm's access to the small business deduction? That's the, certainly we're hoping for that. Uh, we're asking senators to come to our aid. Uh, we've seen what senators have been doing on the cannabis legislation right now. We're hoping that they can, you know, many of them have been sympathetic to our cause, so perhaps they can convince uh, the Alberta, uh, sorry, the federal government to make this, uh, make these changes. One of the Alberta senators, Doug Black, has been uh, very helpful uh, on on this front too. Uh, 
So there is still a chance that the federal government could make some further changes to the passive investment uh, investment rules. To their credit, they have watered down some of the original proposals on a bunch of fronts. They dropped the, the terrible changes that have been planned for capital gains altogether. Uh, they have at least admitted that some passive investment income is not a bad thing within the corporation, allowing up to 50 grand a year. Uh, but we think that they need to do more. Uh, the other thing, of course, we're reminding the federal government right now is that there are a whole bunch of ch- businesses that are going to be caught on audits in a couple of years because of the income sprinkling or income splitting changes that were made uh, by the federal government as part of this legislation. Those are already in effect, even though the legislation hasn't passed. And uh, and from our discussions with uh, a lot of CFIB members, small business owners across the country, uh, most business owners are completely unaware that these changes are in place. And even those that, that are aware are not sure how to implement them. Let's be sure we define exactly what the new rules say with respect to income splitting. Yeah, so essentially what's what's happening now is in the past, if a family owned uh chunks of businesses together, chunks of a business together, or they, or perhaps a spouse or an adult child was paid salary or dividends from the business itself, uh, they were able to do that in most cases. Uh, there were, of course, existing rules around that. Now the federal government is tightening that significantly, particularly where dividends are paid uh, to businesses and want to see either uh, a certain amount of shares that is owned by that person or uh, they want to see a certain amount of a labor contribution. But, you know, the crazy thing is, uh, uh, you know, there are not a lot of small businesses where if there are multiple family members working in the business, they're tracking their hours. A husband and wife team on the farm doesn't clock in every day uh, to see how many hours each one is logging. Uh, and so when when the CRA comes knocking on their door, they're going to be incredibly ill-prepared and likely fail audits in a year or two uh, and, and be facing penalties and interests and a much larger tax bill for changes that were announced on mid in mid-December 2017 and went into effect on January 1st, 2018. Virtually no notice uh, for either tax professionals or for entrepreneurs. Even though the legislation itself is yet to be approved by Parliament. Yeah, yeah, get get a load of that. The uh, sadly, this is a, a common practice in Ottawa, where they can announce changes to tax rules uh, without even the law passing, uh, uh, and and they take legal effect. Uh, so we believe that at the very least, uh, the federal government should delay the implementation, the effective implementation of these new rules to January first, twenty nineteen. We're also pursuing a huge, uh, a full spousal exemption from the rules. It is very difficult in a family business setting to define tightly the roles between a husband and wife or, or two partners that are that are running a business. Um, and we believe that as a result of this, there are going to be a whole bunch of women that are going to be cut out of the benefits of business ownership, seeming to fail the government's gender analysis policy that they, they themselves have put in. So you're saying a, a business that is run by a woman or a, like a, a woman who is an entrepreneur is going to be penalized under this new set? of regulations? Essentially, uh, uh, if we look at the numbers, 70% of the shares of businesses in Canada are owned by men. Uh, uh, but that does not mean that 70% of the benefits of business of business ownership go to men, because many of the businesses that may have uh, may have uh, a man that owns the shares have a spouse, a female spouse that is working in the business alongside him. Uh, 
Uh, and as a result of this, these changes, in many situations, the benefits of the business ownership, either the salaries that are paid or the dividends that are paid, will be confined to one owner. And as I said, because the shares are largely owned by men today, 70% of that, that will cut out women from the benefits of business ownership. Meanwhile, that woman may be playing an incredibly important role in the business itself. Uh, and, and we feel it is very difficult to draw a fine line between what the role of one partner, one spouse is, and another in a, in, a, in, a, in a Canadian business. So we're thinking that this is a big fail on the part of the federal government. It seems to be setting, I think, women business owners back rather than helping them move forward. That's Dan Kelly, president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. More in a moment on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR.